I'm Jack Kennedy, and we're here to bring you the latest in MMA. My name is Hunter Boss, and what the boss says goes. What is up, everyone? My name is Keaton McNamara, and you already know what time it is. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the MMA Island Podcast. I am Jack Kennedy, alongside Keelan McNamara and Hunter Boss. From the looks of it, you think we're all in Hawaii, but it's only Keelan that's in Hawaii right now, but we're supporting him on, uh, you know, MMA Island, the island we're here. Um, for the podcast today, let's go ahead and get started with the news. Um, good, You know what? Really solid fight night. Considering how the, the card was not loaded, it, there wasn't very many names. I would say the fights were, were more than satisfactory. Uh, and Jessica Andrade won by a standing arm triangle against Amanda Lemos. Um, Hunter, what are your thoughts on this fight? It was good. I watched the whole thing. I was with my parents when we watched it because they came down to visit. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I didn't expect it. I mean, I expected Jessica Andrade to win, but not like that because that was the first one in UFC history. I mean, no one else has done that. The only thing I can think of that's even somewhat close to it is Jan Blahovich's standing rear naked choke. And honestly – after that performance, I think I'm like, uh, Jessica Andrade is the most underrated fighter in the UFC. Nobody gives her enough credit, I would say. Because every division she goes to, she's always the number one contender or the champion, you know? Yeah. She does not get enough credit. I mean, Colby Compton is getting his credit now. You know, people know he's really good. Hamza Chamayev has had his credit, you know? Uh, everyone has credit, but Jessica Andrade, I feel like. So I'm going to go out here and state it. Jessica Andrade, I am a fan, and I am behind you fully. That's a big shout, Hunter. Fair enough. I like it. First of all, shout out to Mr. and Mrs. Boss. Love them. Supporting the boy Hunter. You know what it is. Yep. Uh, but on to the event, of course, in question. Um, yeah, Jessica Andrade kind of just walked straight through Amanda Lemos. Pretty much, I think, what we expected. The finish, I didn't expect. The result, I kind of did. Uh, don't think there were too many shocks there. But yeah, great performance of Jessica Andrade and knocked her down, I think, two or three times as well. Was pretty vicious with her striking all the way through the fight. And then that standing arm triangle was vicious. It was just so tightly locked in. And Amanda Lemos looked like she was about to pass side on her feet, which is not something we see a whole lot of. So yeah, credit to Jessica Andrade. But, um, it was a very good win. Main eventing a card uh, gives her more exposure. And yeah, all in all, a great win for Jessica Andrade. Yeah, no, guys, I mean, really, I I picked against Jessica Andrade, and I really thought she was going to lose. And this is the second time that I've done that, where I picked an up-and-coming contender to beat Jessica Andrade, just because if you look at the state of the UFC and what makes sense logically, that's what happens most of the time. You have a rising contender, they beat the number one contender safeguard person. But no. Two times in a row now, Jessica Andrade has proven that I was wrong in multi three different weight classes, three different uh, women's weight classes. Um, yeah, I'm going to go on record here and finally give her her respect. Jessica Andrade is a phenomenal fighter. And by the way, not only what technique, but what strength do you have to have to pull off that type of submission, the standing arm triangle submission? There's a reason we've never seen that before because no one's strong enough to have that. That picture where Lamos is looking into the camera, like the, that's insane. Yeah. So, look, you guys nailed it. All credit to Jessica Andrade. 
No idea where she fits into the title picture. I, I can't even get into that right now because, to be honest with you guys, with the scope of the entire UFC and the disaster that is just rankings in every single weight class, I can't put straw weight rankings in my mind because I'm going to get them mixed up with everything else. So, Andrade, credit to you. Phenomenal win. I don't have anything to mention about you in the title picture because I just don't know. Um, but, again, uh, that's a finish. That's going to go down in the history books. Highlight reel forever for you and phenomenal fight night. So let's go ahead and transition to the best of the best. Um, and today we're talking about Tyson Fury because not too much happened MMA-wise this weekend. Well, a lot for MMA Island, but not too many massive fights is what I mean, except for Tyson Fury really stole the show in combat sports, sold out Wembley, knocked out his opponent, retired from professional boxing, then proceeded to promote a fight against Francis Ngannou. So that's what we're talking about. And a mixed fight, MMA gloves, boxing, whatever. Ngannou, Fury, how would that fight go? Hunter, what do you think? I think that one is a lot closer than just a regular boxing match, just because Tyson Fury can't exactly cover up as much as yeah. he was, would be able to in a regular boxing match because of their MMA gloves. So um, do I think do I think the, the outcome's going to change? No, sadly not. I think Tyson Fury is that good of a boxer. His head movement's crazy, and I think it'll save him against Ngannou. But I give Ngannou a striker's chance now. You know, I didn't really give him much of a chance before. I definitely give it now because anyone who doesn't have just a great defense and you're going against the most powerful striker in the UFC, Francis Ngannou, I mean, there's always a chance you're going to get knocked out. But it's not super high. I would give Ngannou – Say this was a regular boxing match, I'd give Ngannou maybe a 2% chance to win. Now that this is a, just a, a boxing match with MMA gloves, I'll go, I'll go like 12%, I want to say. like I'll, I'll give like a 10th-ish around yeah. there, but nothing insane. So we've talked about this before on the podcast. I just think that Tyson Fury is that good. Yeah, um, there's kind of two different moving parts to break down here. First of all, that Dillian White performance, absolutely incredible from Tyson Fury. The guy moves like a middleweight. I've said it before. And that uppercut in the sixth round is one of the most beautiful finishing sequences I've ever seen. Absolutely perfectly put together. Good stoppage from the referee. Obviously, Dillian White was never coming back from it. And yeah, Tyson Fury wins yet again. Um, he will absolutely, no question, go down as the greatest heavyweight of his generation, maybe since Lennox Lewis. I think he is probably that good. I think the argument is very solidly there. And yeah, massive, massive congratulations to him. I hope it isn't the end because it's always a spectacle when he fights. But if it is, there's absolutely no shame in it. I mean, Dillian White's one of the best heavyweights in the UK right now. WBC interim champion for nearly three or four years. That's a whole nother conversation. But a great fight. Great fight overall. Was very, very happy with it. Now on to Mr. Fury and Mr. Ngannou. And this is a completely different conversation that we need to have. I don't know exactly what the rules are going to be, but based on what Fury and Ngannou have said, it's basically going to be a bare-knuckle boxing match with MMA gloves, if you break it down like that. It's basically going to be bare-knuckle boxing with four-ounce gloves, and that kind of works for and against both guys, and I'll tell you why. Francis Ngannou it works in favour of because of what Hunter just mentioned. Fury will not be able to cover up the way he can with 10, 12-ounce gloves because they're literally just an extension of your hand. That's it. You simply can't cover up the way you normally would. The way it works against Ngannou is that Fury comes from that background of bare-knuckle boxing, obviously being from a traveling family. He, I'm, 
I'm not going to speak on behalf of him, but I'm pretty sure he's been in bare knuckle fights before and his hands are conditioned to punching with pretty much the bare bone or at the very least slight amounts of wrapping. So I think that it kind of works for and against both guys if that is the rule set. Honestly, the only thing that would bother me if I was Fury is whether it'll break my hands or not. Because Fury spent so much of his life with 10, 12 ounce gloves on that are meant to protect your hand. If, I mean, there's a reason people break their hands because uh, in bare knuckle fights as well, because you've got to know how to throw properly without proper protection. And if Fury throws and he breaks his hand, he'll be in unbelievable amounts of trouble. That being said, he'll dance around Francis Ngannou. He moves way too good. I'm not going to give a prediction because I don't even know if the fight's ever going to happen or not. I hope it does. And I know Francis said that that will be a part of his uh, UFC contract renewal discussions. But if it does happen, then I'm really looking forward to revisiting the discussion because it will be a hell of a fight. Yeah, I, I, I love watching Tyson Fury fight now. It's so funny. He's reached a level where every single one of his opponents that he knocks out is saying some sort of like he cheated because he landed the uppercut. Like everyone's making some sort of stand. It's hilarious. Um, so yeah, credit. I love watching him fight. I, I'm not a big boxing fan. Let's just say that. Like I like watching the big boxing fights, but Tyson Fury makes it so exciting. And I love watching it. And lo- I, I'm a big fan of the crowd. So I love seeing like a hundred thousand people pack in to see one dude, fight like I just I love that so much I love the spectacle and and Tyson Fury obviously one of the best stories any not not yeah. only in combat sport and any athlete could have one of the best stories just period so I love watching the fight um this is a fight that I think will happen because it just I think it makes sense for for Nganu. it's a big money fight it's something he's been looking for um for Tyson Fury I mean he's he's technically he's not gonna fight and he's not gonna fight Anthony Joshua he's not gonna fight uh use check anymore so this is the fight I think that he would be looking for. It's right. The MMA baddest man on the planet versus the boxing baddest man on the planet who, who wins. Um, I like the mixed rules because obviously straight boxing is no doubt about it. Right. Fury Fury would win. I still think he would win with the MMA gloves. I, I think his power would be stronger there and everything. It'd be an adjustment, but like Keelan said, it's, it's less of an adjustment compared to other people that might have to transition to it because Fury yeah, he's been he's been fighting bare knuckle and and he also is trained with guys like Darren Till in four ounce gloves as well. So it's going to be an adjustment, but it, compared to other people, it's not that bad. And Ganu, that's why he has a puncher's chance. It's because the defense you're gonna have to make sure it's 100 percent if you're Tyson Fury, because one bomb from from Francis and Ganu doesn't matter what, doesn't matter where it comes from, doesn't matter who you are. That could put you down. So that's why I'm ex- I really want to see this fight happen just because it's just the craziest thing. And they're both two fun guys. Like that's that's one of the funniest um post-fight, you know, call-out interaction things. They're literally like hugging and talking about like they're gonna fight each other, like smiling. Like, I, it's it rivals the GSP. I'm not impressed with your performance handshake. Like I, I I love seeing that, and everyone would watch that. I would watch that fight. So I want to see it. I think Tyson Fury would win pretty easily, but it's fun because it gives Ngannou a puncher's chance because of the size of the gloves. So we'll see what happens. I think it would be fun. Congrats to Tyson Fury on the weekend. A lot of fun to watch him fight in boxing. So let's go ahead and end off the podcast with the discussion of the week. Uh, Ralphie and Scott, obviously Keelan was there to see him fight live. Another phenomenal performance. He's the interim Bantamweight champion for Bellator right now. How would he do in the UFC's 135-pound division? Hunter, what do you think? 
I don't think he'd be top five, but I think he would be in the top 10 range. I think he has a really great fight IQ and he's has just the same amount of submissions as he does knockouts on his record, both four and four, 10 decisions. I think he'd do fairly well. I mean, uh, we talk about like these new hot, hot and upcoming prospects, like, uh, Magomed Magomed or Magomed Magomedov. You know? yeah. It's such a tough one. It's like to be an MMA talker, you got to know a lot of crazy names. So <laughs> Magomed uh, <laughs> fought him previously. He yeah. lost due to a spinning back fist. So that, yeah. that tells me that I think uh, he can hold up in the top of the UFC division, though I do not believe he would make it super duper far because the bantamweight division right now is just completely stacked. I would say top three, but I just don't believe it right now. I'm going to go, he could be maybe like around the top five, but he won't be anywhere higher than that. Yeah, it's um, it's a very interesting point and a very interesting discussion. Uh, first of all, I was very fortunate to see Rafael Stotts knock the hell yeah. out of one at a, a few days ago. One of the best knockouts I've ever seen live. Brilliant performance from Rafael. And of course, it it lends itself to the question of how he would do in the UFC, because now he is technically the joint standard bearer of Bellator's bantamweight division, obviously alongside Sergio Pettis, who is the full champion. Yeah, It's kind of hard to say. It really is, because there's, there's a transition from Bellator to the UFC. Like, for example, when Michael Chandler left Bellator, everybody thought he would chew up the lightweight division. And I think he's one and two, if I'm not wrong. Uh, don't get me wrong, he likes to get into firefights, but the record speaks for itself. The one thing I will say about Rafael is that he's an incredibly athletic fighter. He moves really well. He just controls presence very well whenever he's fighting. So that would lend itself in favor if he did move to the UFC, because I think he would have a lot of advantages in that regard. The problem is I don't know where he is I don't know what he classes his potential opponents in. That would be my issue. He's a very well-rounded fighter, but he doesn't have a, quite a lot of specialties when it comes to his actual performances. Like Aljamain Sterling on the ground, you don't want to be there. Piotr Jan on the feet, you don't want to be there. Even a Corey Sanhagen can pull anything out of anywhere. And so what we have to understand here is that the bantamweight division of the UFC is arguably the most stacked division in the UFC right now. And it would really, it would be throwing him to the wolves to throw him anybody in the top five. So I can't really say, I think he would definitely be top 10. I don't have any doubts about that, but top five is really pushing rarefied air and we would have to see it happen in order to judge. Yeah. That's those, those are really good points. And I agree with you. It's, it's always tough. Um, I think Rafian Stotts would transition to the UFC better just by watching him fight. I think he looks like a more the, the thing for me with Bellator fighters is they put on great fights, right? Credit to all of those guys, but sometimes they don't look as polished, I think is the right word as UFC fighters. They don't look at because the, the UFC is is the ultimate thing. It's just they don't look as polished. Rafian Stotts looks polished, he looks ready to go, he looks very solid. He doesn't have leave a lot of openings for his opponents, and he goes out there and puts on a show, which leads me to think he would t- transition to the UFC better. But like you said, Keelan, we don't know. Um, I think Michael Chandler is one of the more polished fighters that went over to the UFC, and the record's not great, but he did knock out Dan Hooker and then fought for a title against Charles Oliveira and then fought his next fight against the very next title challenger, which is Justin Gaethje. So 
he's still and, and he put a great fight on in every single one of those fights. So I don't think Rafin Stutz would like you. I think he would float around the seven ish, seven, eight range if you were to jump into it right now. I think, but that being said, I think he would do better than than Sergio Pettis, who's the current champion right now. If he went back into the UFC. And this is this is why I struggle with when you compare Bellator fighters to UFC fighters, right? Sergio Pettis. And yeah, different weight class. He fought at 125, but he was never really a title challenger in the UFC. Goes over to Bellator, 135-pound champion, right? Phenomenal fight. Don't take anything away from him. But that being said, the, the other thing is, right? Look, let's take a look at this, right? A guy I love, Gegar Mousasi. I think he would have been a UFC champion. He's the greatest middleweight champion in Bellator's history. I think, in my opinion, I think it has to be said at this point, I think he's the greatest middleweight champion in Bellator's history. That's just the level of guys, the level of talent that you have. And Rafian Stotts looks so brilliant in Bellator right now. And I think he is a brilliant fighter. I think he is truly that special fighter. But I think the time is now for the transition. I really don't think there's any more time to waste. He doesn't even want to fight Sergio Pettis because they're teammates. They're, they're close friends. They help sharpen each other. They don't want to fight. So I think now is the time. Bring him over to the UFC. UFC needs to make a Hail Mary, which they won't, but they should. Make a Hail Mary for Rafian Stotts because that dude could be a star. He's so likable. He puts on exciting performances. He is one of those guys that is a, I won't say uh, fan first, but he's a 50-50 with entertaining the fans and winning, which is what we want to see. And in this bandwidth division, it's someone that's so good and has potential because he's so well-rounded. So in short, like you guys said, I agree with you. We don't know because we haven't seen it. But I want to see this guy in the UFC because I think the time is now for the transition um, for him to the UFC. Last well, little thing con- I want. You've convinced yeah. me, Jack. Yeah. That was a good <laughs> argument. I mean, I, I didn't know before, but I'm like, well, shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, yeah. Uh, the one thing, the one thing I'll say about Ralph thoughts real quick is, and it was something I noticed against Juan Archuleta the weekend. His his actual composure in the octagon. Yeah very good his southpaw job is really really good as well and like you said jack and i think you made a really good point there unlike a lot of bellator stars he is very polished and that could actually work in his favor so yeah i would not be against seeing him in the ufc i'd like to see it yeah it's one of my things is it, whenever you say that where a lot of people are like okay well that's just like whatever you're just saying that i have never been as far as success in the ufc all right. As far as who I think would have to, Kevin's all big on, on AJ McKee. I have never been big on him. If he did transition to the UFC, especially at this moment right now, I don't think he would have had that success that everyone's thinking he would have, because in my opinion, whenever I watch him fight, he does not look polished to me. He, he is a phenomenal fighter. He is, well, he just lost the belt, but he, he is rightfully up there in those title contention fighting for those titles because he is such a good fighter, but to be, you have to be more than that. You have to be, look like you can, you have to look like you're at a championship level to be in the top five of any division in the UFC today. You have to look like that. And by polish, I mean, just look like you're at that championship level. And Rafael Stotts, in my opinion, looks like he could be there. If you throw him in there, throw him in that bantamweight division, throw him against a guy that's ranked maybe like 10 or 11. And that's a tough fight to start with in any division, but especially the bantamweight division, throw him in there, give him that sort of fight and see where, where he goes, make, make that the litmus test. I think that's perfect. And I think the time is now for Rafa and Stotts, um, at least in my opinion. But yeah. Imagine him versus like Song, Song Yudong. Dude, that would, that would be, be a, a great fight. fight. That would be a phenomenal fight. That would be a good fight. I like that. And I'm, I, I'm with- 
in my mind, I rate those guys a little kind of even right now, like uh, stylistic wise. And that would be a perfect test because if, if Stotts goes out there and beats him, doesn't matter what style, what fashion, a close fight, doesn't matter. That is a phenomenal step in the right direction. I just think if with a guy with this much potential, you have to be in the UFC to be iron against iron, sharpening your skills, best against the best. Um, not that there's the Bellator Bantamweight division is very good in its own right. But the UFC Bantamweight division is the best in the world and arguably right now the best we've ever seen it. So, um, again, credit to Rafi and Stotts. I love seeing him fight, but I want to see him in the UFC. That's my thing. Um, great podcast, guys. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Rocking our pink Hawaiian shirts here. Love it. Um, as always, make sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. You can listen to us everywhere, literally everywhere, including iTunes and Spotify. Spotify. Follow us on Instagram, MMA.island, and check out our website, MMAisland.net. Big changes are happening for MMA Island. Everyone stay tuned. Stuff's going on. I mean, you saw the official announcement. Maybe, probably not, because you haven't seen a video, but a video should be coming out soon. We don't know what's going on. Big stuff's happening. Changes are happening. I'm excited. We're all excited. Stay tuned because we're keeping it rolling. The MMA Island podcast. Onwards and upwards for us, guys.